Hey y'all, this is Stacey Pearsall, and you're listening to Everything, my podcast where I talk about, well, everything. Good morning, everybody. (laughs) Yes, good morning, honey. I've had coffee, you have not. I've been without coffee for at least a week, two weeks now. Can you explain? No, it's been a week, period. Can you explain why, why you're not doing coffee? Well, first, I don't think I need it. Maybe mm. I, I enjoy it. It does give me a little extra kick in my step, spunk in my, spring in my step, whatever the saying is. Spunk. You're spunky. <clears throat> does does but, my having coffee sitting here next to you, no. the aroma, the, get, the general sense of comfort that I have holding my hot mug, does that invokes some sense of jealousy. Well, I mean, I do have a, one heck of a coffee cup collection. You do. So what are we doing with that coffee cup? Should we auction it to the listeners? No, because I could drink water out of it. It's just not a coffee cup. Well, a, the name coffee cup suggests it's proprietary to a So do a you people not drink tea out of it? That's a tea cup. But do, they, do you drink tea out of your coffee cup? I suppose they're interchangeable. Yes. Okay. Anyways, no, I just it's, I've had some some challenges with my stomach, and I'm trying to weed out what's irritating it. That makes sense. I think a lot of people are doing that sort of what diet by omission or additive di- whatever that thing's called. So subtractive. Yeah, yeah. So you take everything off the table and you taper it back in. Pickles, right. what are you whining about? I don't think they can hear him because of microphone. Well, I can hear him. Pickles is saying, <clears throat> "Pay attention to me." Yes. Anyway, so yes, coffee has been. I mean, I have, I had a little bit of coffee on Saturday with the fellas, but just like two sips. Are there no ladies that hang out in your car club? Um, there are, but they don't usually show up to early morning functions like this. Like your craziness. Like I wake up at four. Well, I wake up at three most days, but. So you're saying you're more crazy. I am okay. intensely insane, but I usually am falling asleep on the couch by 7.30 p.m. This is true. But I get up super early. We go out. The fellows usually meet for breakfast prior, mm-hmm. and then we get er, there early so we can get prime parking. And then we get our chairs and just sit in front of our cars and look at them. Like old men. Oh, <clears throat> look at my beautiful car. It's not like you haven't seen it before, but should we look at it again? Do you mind popping your hood so I can look at your engine one more time? Or for the 100th time? Okay, that's nice. Anyways, so yes, coffee is gone for now. To be fair, yes, I do the same thing with horses. I don't care how many times I've seen that horse. I will inspect it every time and appreciate it and ogle it. That's why I don't belittle you. I'm not belittling you, you either. Oh, you just did. You just yes, you did. If we were in an HR meeting, they would say stop that. Ooh. Good thing. <laughs> Good thing I'm self-employed. It still doesn't matter. Wrong <laughs> is wrong. True. I stand corrected. Yes. But hey, so while yes. we're talking about food, aka coffee, I just want to remind everybody that the September photo challenge. The topic or the, the theme. The what? September? Okay. Yeah. We are in September, Darius. Yes. Is food. So whatever food photos you're hoarding on your laptops, your phones, your tablets, whatever, your smart devices, your archives, share them with us. We want to see them. And mm-hmm. our friends at Spider Holster are sponsoring the photo challenge and giving away a Spider Pro hand strap V2 to the person we figure has the 
awesomest, most bestest wow. food photo. How about just for the, the best photo? The most awesome. Is we should that be hashtagging goals. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, get your food photos submitted at everythingstacy.com. And thank you to our friends at Spider Holster for continuing your support. Yes, thank you. I have a lot of going on this week. Primarily, we are getting the fences fixed. <clears throat> and by fixed, I mean there wasn't anything wrong with them to begin with. They're very sturdy. We You're have- just modifying them to make them more useful. Well, no, I'm modifying them to make sure the horses don't lean on them like slingshots. Uh, are you doing that or are you just adding the gates? Well, I'm adding gates, but I'm electrifying the top wire. Oh, he's doing that too? Yes. Oh, I did not know that. I, I told you this. No. But you were in true Andy fashion not listening to me. I listened. You just didn't tell me. You listen and filter. <clears throat> are you okay? I think you may have told one of your many other friends. And didn't tell me and thought you told me. Which does happen, yes? No. (laughs) Fib. (laughs) Fib, fib, fibber. Well, I don't believe that happens. But it does. There was nobody I was talking to about said fence or electrifying it. And I know we had this conversation. Yes, we have. But... You do you mind that, if I finish speaking I or do. do you want you to continue were, you to... You were f- going to order parts and I didn't know you had the parts. I don't have the parts. Our awesome fence builder, <clears throat> Bruce... Yes, Bruce. ...is going to be... Oh, he's um, going to get all the stuff. ...working with me to do that, yes. Oh, nice. He knows what he needs. Gotcha. So. Well, well done. So no more laying on the top. Let me just describe this for our listeners. We have the majority of the horses in the pastures are draft horses, which means they're large, big, right. and heavy, and they love to scratch on things, whether it be... But it's typically just the ladies. No, Earl scratches too, but he uses trees. If, it, can I, if I can finish one sentence, I would really appreciate that. You have many of them. Continue. They like to scratch on things, and they will back their butts up to just about anything that is sturdy and will scratch mm-hmm. that itch they have, mm-hmm. yep. including fences. Now, the fence that we do have in is a six-strand, flat-wire, 2,500-pound rated tinsel strength. Let's just say it. nothing's getting through that sucker, unless it's a semi. Or my mower deck. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> yes. Well... The horses will back their butts up, literally sit on the fence and scratch it. <laughs> yes. And you can see the wires like poor wires. The they are <laughs> they are testing that fence like nobody's business. And they popped out how many of those nails? Now there are fence staples. So we yeah. have wood posts and flat wire and they're the wire is adhered to the post by using staples, which is like this U-shaped um Staple. nail that goes over it, holds the wire to the wood post. And they pop that out, whether they're pawing at the fence or leaning on it, scratching on it, doing whatever. We're going to be running an electric current through the top wire to dissuade them from doing so. <clears throat> yes. I mean, I, Earl does paw at the bottom two or even the bottom three lines to mm-hmm. when it's feeding time. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty rude about it. Yes. Yep. Just so you know, the electric current is enough to be like, ow! 
ouch that right was, it's not that was a stunner but right. it's not it's not enough to be like it's not going to put them out no 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 it's kind of like kind of like a like a zinger it's a zinger it's not a yeah it's not a painful it's a how do i explain there's no pain it's just a zap like it's not a constant it's like it's a pulse it's a pulse correct so it's going to be the same battery solar power panel and everything bruce suggested that we actually run a power line from the barn underground out to the fence and use electric current so we'll see i need to look a little bit more about what about what my options are i prefer solar because if the power goes out then my electric fence will still be electric. Right. And I don't have to worry about burying a bunch of electrical lines. That said, I was going to run power out to the loafing sheds anyway to run fans during the summer. So it may be something I look at. Obviously, budget is everything. Yes, budget. Budget, budget, budget. So that's the fence. And that's happening right now. It started yesterday. It did. So we have another project coming up. Next week, where a neighbor on the bend has one of those skid steers with a grinder on the front that will grind just about anything. Apparently a small tree. Yes. Can you tell us about that? What's happening? Just like you said, we have a neighbor on the bend, called him up, came over, did a site survey of what we want, cleared out. He's going to come through here next week, like seven bright and early like my kind of my kind of day right yeah about 7 a.m you're on the net you're on the couch taking your second sleep yeah no maybe on a saturday no because on a saturday i'm out on a fib on a saturday i'm at cars and coffee you are and sunday i'm mowing so you're completely exact no i mean to be fair by 7 a.m you're typically eating your breakfast and when you were drinking coffee you were drinking your coffee on the porch Yes. Before 7 a.m. Anyways, he's going to be here bright and early, um, does an eight-hour day, and we'll clear the areas over by the pastures. Yeah, so behind the horse barn, between the horse barn and the turnout pastures, Mm -hmm. there's um, a Mm -hmm. ditch of trees, and it's pretty dense underbrush through there. We would like to get that underbrush cleared out and all the saplings that have grown up. So that we can see, one, see through the trees, but two, maybe get some airflow. I think it created a really nice breezeway so the, so we get better air circulation, um, especially into the donkey area, right? So I that, concur. So that will happen. And then didn't, and Bob, Bob got loose the other day. Correct. At the barn pastures, there is a center aisle that runs from the end of the pastures all the way up to the barn. Now, the two pastures can be opened up and connected by uh, uh, these two gates that will swing open and allow this alleyway. Now, sometimes I will use net gates to close off that center aisle, Mm -hmm. open the gates up so that the donkeys can go into that center aisle and eat the grass that's grown up around the posts and in the middle. Bob, being the clever one he is. He's He's so smart. Yes. Got up underneath the gates and was free. He was a hoot. He would run about 20 feet with his nose straight in the air, ears <laughs> propped forward, all proud, just trotting. Look at me, I'm free. Trotting and showing off to the other donkeys who weren't as smart as him. And he'd be like, ha ha, I am free. And then he'd lean down, he'd get a little bite of grass, whip his head up, 
and then bolt at a full run for another 30 feet, stop, and then he would trot back the way he came with his nose straight up in the air, and he did this taunting the other donkeys like, I'm out here, and you're in there. Eat so it. he did that over by the cleared area, the pond that... Yeah, at, at the bottom of those pastures, there is an area that we cleared that was one acre with the intent of maybe putting my hay barn up there. But it's super wet. So now we call it the pond because it's, it's nothing but water. Right. <clears throat> and we may eventually dig that out. So that's where he was at, in that yep. area running around? Yep. So you went out there and... I put a halter on him because I he started trying to go explore into the woods. And I was afraid that if he got a little too deep in the woods, I wouldn't be able to right. get after him or find him. Right. And at least if he had a halter on it, it has my phone number on it. Now, what was Joe doing when... Joe was upset. She... Was she right at the corner, like, get back here? Yes. She was trotting up and down the fence like, son, you better get your butt back here. Son, I need to be with you. Son, how did you get out there? Was she in the, in the alleyway or was she in the pasture? No, she was in the pasture. She was trying to, you know, they're like, they're like magnets. Oh, Where, yeah. Wherever Bob goes, she's really close behind. Right. So if he's going out another direction, she's going to be as close by. So she, she ran back into the pasture to try and get near him. So how do we, do we get, just get another red gate and put it on the lower area? I don't, I put him back in and he didn't get out again. So I don't know if he just lucked out that first time and okay. accidentally got out. So you're not out. worried about Bob getting no. out? No, and I, I don't think he'll go very far from his herd. If the majority of them are in the pasture, he's not right. going to What if they all far. broke out? That's a whole other story. Right. That's another podcast. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole other adventure. Right. Yeah. For sure. Well, I want to share with you some fun notes or a note that we got from one of our listeners and our number one fan, Deb Coppice. Deb, yes. She says, first of all, I want to thank you for having that amazing idea to start your everything podcast. As I looked back over the subjects you have covered from the beginning, I'm reminded how I love the no limitations idea. Your creativity shines and I will always be y'all's number one fan and friend. Thanks for sending shout-outs. I'm sending hugs and kisses to my sweet Prince Charlie. Mm. I think it's treat time for everyone. <laughs> I need to get baking. By the way, she makes some amazing dog treats for, oh, yes. for our beloved animals. So yeah. thank you, Deb. She says, I hope you're feeling better every day, which I am. Thank you. And I know your fur babies also help you heal. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. P.S. Andy and his sound machine really must stay. <laughs> I'm always laughing so hard. I'm crying. Exactly. Thank you. Well, thank you, See? Debbie, for continuing to 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 listen to our podcast. And I think she's like her, and maybe four others listen. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, regardless, we will continue to do the podcast, even if we only have one listener. That's yeah. Okay. I mean, it's you know, it's fun. It is. All right. I think we need to take a minute to talk about. Uh, a significant historical moment, mm. 9-11. Yes. It's been 20 years, obviously, and there were a lot of tributes going out, uh, pouring in for from around the world about 9-11 and, and the impacts that it had. So I just want to take a moment to maybe reflect a little bit on 9-11 in our lives personally. Mm-hmm. 9-11 happened well before we even knew we existed. You and I never hadn't even met yet. We had not met. No. So I was stationed in England at the time, mm-hmm. and I had gone to 
a nearby base <clears throat> to have a, a really like outpatient medical procedure. And when I got there, the first plane in, had hit the tower. So you're ahead of time. You're you're in England, so you're. It was in, in the afternoon for us at that point. Right. It had to be. I think 2 p.m. something like that. Right. You're in the afternoon. Right. right. So the first plane hit the tower, and they were trying to speculate whether it was an accident or a horrible accident. And then I went in for my medical procedure, and while I was in there, a second plane hit, and then, um, and then, D.C. and then Pennsylvania, all in that span of time. By the time I got back to my base, which was about 45 minutes to an hour drive, we were in ThreatCon Delta. Mm-hmm. And being in the intelligence field, we were that much more mm-hmm. okay. um, <clears throat> locked down and um, on mission control. We began 12-hour shifts at that point, from what I remember. And I think at that point, I had already been accepted into combat camera. Right. And not having any real sense of what those expectations are, I knew that I still had another four months with the unit that I was presently in overseas and dealing with all of that, and then going into a unit that was a combat photography unit, Mm -hmm. which I think forever changed that trajectory of what my future was going to be. I think combat camera pre-9-11 had its experiences with, you know, combat operations, but not to the extent of being, quote-unquote, at war, and especially on two fronts, which adding Iraq after that, um, and then, you know, 9-11 prompted this sort of the war on terror, which not only covered Afghanistan, but the entire globe, if you will. Right. GWAT, as we began to call it. And I went to the Horn of Africa and supported the global war on terror. And, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, th- I think about the many ripple effects that 9-11 had and how it changed all of us, and, and how it changed us today. Remember the times when we could actually go to the airport <laughs> right. and walk our friends and family down, down to, to the, the gate? Right, right. <clears throat> that, you know, feels like about as archaic as being able to smoke in the terminals. You know what I mean? It's just not done. Right. But anyway, not to sound flippant about it, but there are all these small things that changed. Homeland Security. That's, mm-hmm. That was a new one. Mm-hmm. What about you? I was in Korea. I was on my year remote for Stars and Stripes. I was in Seoul at the, um, which is the capital. So we are ahead of. We were like the the morning, or the night that night. Uh, anyway, I was asleep. And I get a knock on the door because we're in a co-ed dorm dorm rooms, <clears throat> and it was like a plane just hit the tower. I was like, it's got to be like a little Cessna or something, right? So they come back and said, um, you need to come out here. And because they, we had a day room, and they were watching on TV. <clears throat> so I get up and go out there, and sure enough, and then another plane hit the second tower. And then when you see the first tower go down, you're like, oh, this is like, we're, you know, you could, you could, like Bush said, the first plane was an accident. And I think if it was that, it would have been okay. But when the towers fell, I think, that was like, you knew we were going to go to war. Um, and then the base shut down, and we were total lockdown. You couldn't get in or out. It completely changed the... Because we had, like, no curfew. It went to curfews. Um, living on the peninsula or the island or whatever, 
definitely changed the pace and being so close to North Korea. It was like they didn't know what was going on. It was tough. So how do you feel like 9-11 changed your trajectory? Well, it's hard to say because I was going back to combat camera. Um, and I don't know if, you know, it's hard to say if I would have gone there and done four years and then gone somewhere else because, you know, to finish my retirement. But it, it's hard because marrying you and what happened to you, that changed it because I thought I was going to make senior in chief and staying for 30. Oh, wait, hold on. Let's let's take a moment to, to go off a little tangent for a second. Uh-huh. In order to make senior in chief, you would have had to go to some additional schooling right, and get some six. education. So let's not put that onus on me. No, I'm Because not, I'm... regardless of whether you had met me and married me, you still would have had to go through that additional education. And I'm not really sure you would have been up for that. Oh, yeah, you had to do some online training. And I, I think... At, before 9-11, that was my goal to become a chief and do some other things. Because I knew I was aging out. Like you have to, you can't always be the photographer. You have to like become a leader and all this stuff. But when 9-11 happened, that changed everything. Um, we were constantly moving in and out of the combat zone. So I was like, well, and then when you were injured and medically retired, that changed what I was my thinking on what I would do yeah yep okay interesting so there's that yeah but yeah so I was in Korea when it all happened and it was um right it was shocking well you were stationed at the Pentagon post 9-11 I was and, with, and you know the Pentagon <clears throat> was struck on 9-11 right. was was there any sort of feelings within the Pentagon about Oh yeah, I was there. I was there with so I was Rumsfeld's first military photographer, and there was yeah. So I was there for one of their memorial services they had. Yeah, and it's definitely because you know they hit one. They hit the building, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so many people concentrate on New York, which is fair because that was where oh, it all started. Right. But there were two other locations that were impacted. Right. Uh, I I have met over the course of doing the Veterans Portrait Project after my military career. I have met veterans who were there mm-hmm. at the Pentagon when it was struck, and one of them was actually in one of the offices that had caught fire. Um, so it was interesting to hear what that experience was like for her on that day. Yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine. Even, I mean, just being in the Pentagon or even the towers to be struck like that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you turn an airplane, you weaponize an airplane, so to speak, to do that kind of destruction. Because, you know, it's it's one thing when you're in a combat zone to have stuff like that happen. But when you're going to your 9-to-5 job in New York or, say, the Pentagon, and the next thing you just hit by an airplane, that would be, like, totally not normal. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go on another tangent here really mm-hmm. quick. So last week, I was downtown at mm-hmm. the VA mm-hmm. getting my post-surgery follow-up. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there with the the nurse and she was getting my temperature and doing the sort of free appointment vitals. Yeah. Right. And I had my, the chair was up against the wall. I was sitting there facing the nurse who was facing me. And suddenly there was this explosion. It was like boom and it shook the wall. And I instantly had a sort of like PTSD response. And I, and I hit the deck. Um, 
and I had like started hyperventilating a little bit because I was a little disoriented. Right. Like, where the F am I? And it took me a minute to realize where I was and catch my breath. And she was like, I'm really sorry. I have no idea what that was. The kitchen's right on the other side of that wall. And it sounds like something might have. Oh, really? Might have actually <clears throat> imploded or exploded or popped or boomed or something. Huh. They never really did tell me. They never told you what it was? I suppose it could have been any sort of pressurized canister that the right. went boom. But anyway, I think about that, how things happen so unexpectedly, and you wonder how you're going to respond in those moments, right? Because to me, it, it sounded like either an explosion followed by, followed by a gunfire, because there was another like secondary mm-hmm. pop after that. And everybody thinks they're going to you know, be heroic in that moment. I guess, you know, my extenuating circumstances and past experiences dictated how I was going to respond. So I ducked for cover. Right. Um, And then tried to assess where I was and what my next moves were going to be. But, you know, on a a day like 9-11, when you're sitting in your office and it's just another day. Right. And suddenly everything changes. You don't know how you're going to... To behave in that moment. So yeah, I suppose... There's no, there's no training for that. No. and But I suppose the, the lesson there is, if there if there is one to be had, for me personally, is to say that to the people that you love, I love you. Oh, I love you, sweetie. Yes. And to those you care about, that you care for them mm-hmm. and how much they mean to you. And never take anything for granted because everything can change in a moment and it can change the trajectory and the ripples of effects that affect everyone around you. Yeah, because those kids now are adults, right? That that lost their mom or dad or grandparents or uncles or whatever. Yep. You know? Yep. So, you know, when you're feeling blue and, and you know, I have these, these spells sometimes, it's good to be reminded that being on this side of the earth is a blessing and to take full advantage of that, which I'm going to today take Mm. advantage of that Mm -hmm. so 20 years post 9-11 a lot of a lot of time to reflect a lot of time to appreciate what we do have and um, for all of those who were impacted from 9-11 you are always every day regardless of whether it's an anniversary or not in my thoughts and prayers and to all of the lives that were impacted post 9-11 the lives whose trajectories were changed forever you're in our thoughts and prayers too. So on that happy note, don't forget to say that you love those that you love. I'm uh, gonna get to it. Gonna go do some chores. Is, is it at that time? Gonna go love my life. I'm gonna go take my first second nap. Go go down <laughs> on the couch, babe. <laughs> well, until, until next week, I'm Stacy. I'm Andy. Be well. Be well. <laughs>